Welcome back to the Tigers Only Podcast, your favorite podcast for all things training, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Caleb Sprinkle, and in each episode, I'll be sharing valuable education and lessons learned that I've experienced over my last 10 plus years of coaching in order to help you along your health journey. Thank you all so much for listening, and now let's get into today's podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Tigers Only Podcast. Big shout out to Coach Nick last week for handling the episode all by himself. That was your first solo, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think you're the first person that ever went solo on the podcast other than me. So I think even when we were, had a other coach on staff, I think it was when I wasn't there, it was you and her, right? Yeah, I did one with Kelly for sure. Yeah, so I think that was the first one. How do you feel like it went? Were you confident? Did you feel? Oh, yeah. I was doing my classic ramble on about something probably kind of unrelated, but bring it back at the end. I mean, I did the same shit, man. You remember when we first started? What was was that app everyone told us we need to get on and we hated it clubhouse yeah so quick story completely off topic but we were trying to jump on a trend of using clubhouse to just kind of further our reach and we tried it and this one day i microdose and so i'm all in my feelings and my thoughts and me and nick jump on and we're trying to talk about i think like working out something fitness related obviously and then i just went off on a tangent about human instinct and survival <laughs> so <laughs> i remember that i was like i'm just gonna let him go yeah you're like hey man let's dial that back <laughs> like what the fuck did you go with that? It's like, oh man, my bad. But yeah, totally fully on that. But appreciate you. Super happy you're able to do that. And uh, definitely a topic that need to be spoke about. But I want to shift gears today and kind of do something for newbies or people that are kind of new to this, or it's just a good refresher for some people to kind of check themselves. Even if they haven't been doing this in a while, maybe you hit a plateau. I think using the points we're about to talk about kind of as a guide to just check off, okay, yeah, I got this right. Or maybe no, I don't. It's something you can look back into, make some changes and start seeing progression again, right? So these are things that we feel with our, our combined experience of damn almost 15 years that we see people constantly make these errors or put too much of an emphasis on these things instead of others when starting a fitness journey or again people that have just been doing it maybe not the best way so i think the best way to do this nick is just i fire off one we talk about it, then you fire off one and then we go yeah, kind of back i want to kind of preface that with like if you're out there getting after it if you're doing anything we're about to talk about absolute props to you doing what you're doing is better than doing nothing we're just saying these are things that we found were maybe not the most efficient or the most effective when it came down to it. And these are things that once we changed, we started seeing better results, not only with ourselves, but also implementing with clients. And so no shame to anybody out there. If you're doing some of these things we're talking about, you know, just maybe make these changes, see how it goes and, you know, see how you like it because what you're doing is awesome, but maybe you can improve upon it a little bit with some of these things we're about to point out. Yeah, for sure. What's the other saying other than good cop, bad cop? It's like vinegar and what, honey? Yeah. I'm like vinegar. You're like, honey, yeah. <laughs> I'll say something. You're like, hold up. Let me say something. <laughs> Okay. I'll start off with the first one. I think everyone can kind of agree on this now, but focusing solely or too much on cardio and not enough on resistance training or calisthenics or something that focuses on progressive overload. The reason I say that is because when you think about losing fat, you think about sweating as much as humanly possible. And although we all know it's a joke that the t-shirts that say like sweat is fat crying, I think some people honestly think that's the best way or the only way to oxidize fat, which we've had multiple podcasts over this thing. We just did that one about, or uh, sorry, a month ago, but essentially low impact cardio. So low intensity steady state oxidizes fat. If you stay in certain heart rate zones in the moment, but obviously once you step off and your heart rate kind of declines, that fat oxidation is done. Whereas something that progressively overloads your body as resistance training, it may not burn as much fat or oxidize much fat in that exact moment because it's using glucose and glycogen as its preferred energy source. But when your body is repairing damaged fibers, there is an upregulation of metabolic activity 
sensitivity, which usually in hand oxidizes fat to make that process go along as well. And when you progressively overload your, your systems, you're probably pushing the intensity enough. So that mitochondria, which are a whole nother separate thing, but long story short, they are organelles in your brown fat within a muscle that usually take oxidized fat as its preferred energy source, right? So when you're doing stuff that pushes the intensity, pushes the envelope, your body starts to use those more efficiently. And in some cases, if, if the intensity is enough, it can actually create new organelles. So you have more of those per muscle, right? So that's my spill on that. Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously like if you're sweating, you're probably pushing yourself and getting a good workout in. But personally, I sweat way more when I strength train than when I do cardio. And so like, if that really is your measure of how good your workout is, which it shouldn't be, you know, it's pretty arbitrary person to person. So I think they're just making sure you focus. I think you hit the science on the you know nail on the head, but you know, if you're resistance training and you're like, oh, I never get a good workout in because I'm not sweating, well, then you're not pushing yourself. And that's the sad truth. Literally just, I didn't have a, I didn't have an argument. I had disagreement with the client, like literally a month and a half ago where she was like, Hey, your workouts are great, but I don't feel like I'm like accomplishing too much. And she's used to CrossFit prior. She's like, I think I want to do something more like that. And I was like, okay, we can switch up what we're doing. So since, since that's something more you like that in interval training, but I'm like, if you're not pushing yourself within sets, it doesn't matter how basic or advanced the workout protocols I give you are. If you're not executing on the most basic level, most advanced shit's not going to do anything for you either. Right. So I completely agree on that. I've been there myself. What next? Lead me. All right. My, I'm just going to bring up some of the things like I feel like I focused on way too much when I started out. And the first one was switching it up way too frequently. I always like, so I lived in a fraternity in college and I was like the go-to fitness guy. So I was like slinging really cheap workout plans around and stuff like that. And I would sell like a six or eight week plan. And every one or two weeks, like I would write a different split. It would be like push pull legs for two weeks. And then I'd do like bro split. And then I'd do like a week of metabolic training. And then I go back to bro split and looking back on like the things I used to right now, I'm like, I cannot believe I was jumping around like that every single week. Yeah. Like thinking that was the answer because I completely negated, you know, a lot of the opportunity for progressive overload, for consistency, for consistently hitting muscle groups twice a week. And, you know, as I've switched more now towards whatever my split might be hitting every single muscle group twice a week to create that balance and consistency, you know, I notice I just, I feel better. My recovery is better because everything is kind of evened out. You know, if I do feel really, really run down for a week, maybe I'll cut it back to, you know, one time a week, but you're still creating that balance. And so I think a lot of people hear like, oh, I've plateaued or, mm. and people are like, oh, you need to 180 your training. And, you know, instead of doing, you know, strength reps, switch to doing reps of 15 to 20%. And it's like, that's not the answer, but you could very well just need a week off yeah. more so than you need to switch your training around. Yeah. So I think I was actually writing a post about this this morning, like what to do when you hit a plateau. Like most people look externally right away and they're like, oh, well, there's gotta be something wrong with my routine or, you know, there's gotta be something wrong with my rep scheme. It's like, well, maybe you're, like we mentioned, not pushing yourself hard enough. Maybe yeah. you're not tracking your calories on point. Maybe your sleep sucks. Maybe you've been, you know, you removed a supplement from your stack that was more important than you realized. And so I think a lot of people look externally when it comes to like trying to get the most out of themselves as quickly as possible. Yeah. When in reality, you know, looking internally, it's like, well, what am I doing? Or maybe what am I not doing? Yeah. It was like kind of what I overlooked. And so that was my thing. Like I was switching it up way too often. And it has just kind of kept me in this cycle of like maybe a high for a week and then a low because I didn't love the training cycle. And then I would go back to what I was doing. And, you know, if you could ride that high out for a, a month straight instead of a week and then a week off, you know, I think it does more for you. Yeah. I, I agree when you said like, uh, we always look external. We, I mean, but nowadays we're a very like externally motivated group of people. Right. So I took completely agree on that. The one thing, if there's someone hits a plateau, almost always the first two biofeedbacks I look at are recovery and sleep and stress because yeah. So, because typically if those two things are inverse, 
those, right? So if sleep is shit, like if it's very low on quality, stress is super high, right? So that's the first place I look. But then, yeah, like you said, it's not so much of a like, what do I need to switch? It's like sometimes my body maybe needs to deload or like four or five days off, just like maybe get some walks and let your body kind of recuperate. Or yeah, check yourself with intensity. Yeah, you said it perfectly. I'm just piling more shit on top of what you already said. So if you have nothing else to say, I'm moving on. Yeah. This like brings me back to like freshman year of college from like, yeah. And then ignorance is bliss. Like, oh, this is what I wrote down. I feel like, you know how when you graduate high school, like most people still know how to balance a checkbook so we don't learn about it. I feel like if you go on to college, they should make you as a prerequisite, they should make you take a class on how to cipher through studies and information to find what's actually good and what's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, so I know I graduated college and still couldn't balance a checkbook right now, but I can't either. So I'm dating Holly. Yeah, no, but I agree. I think a lot of people like just quick example, like earlier I was in a Facebook group and guy asked how to stop drinking so much soda. And I said like, wane off of it and start drinking like a diet soda for one of your sodas a day and then make it two in a week and then three. And somebody responded like diet soda is way worse because of the aspartame. I was like, give me an example. Cause according to research, you have to drink at least 15 sodas a day or diet sodas a day to like exceed your yeah. level of aspartame. That's like FDA regulated. And they were like, yeah. well, it's just what everybody says. I'm like, that doesn't make it true. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny cause you're kind of like me, but I'm like a really far conspiracy theorist where I like everything that's kind of wonky, like in the world today, I'm like, Oh, that's something. But it's like when shit like that, where there's science to back it, it's like everyone else is a conspiracy theorist and just pass around false information or fake news or whatever. And I just think it's kind of fucking funny, but yeah, I completely agree. I think we should definitely have to take a course in which we can distinguish between what's correct and what's not when it comes to science, for sure. The second thing kind of spins off of what we talked about biofeedback is not giving a shit about rest. So obviously when you decide to make a change, you're probably super motivated. You want to do all the things. You want to make all the changes super quick. And I applaud you for that. But when it comes to rest, it's one of the factors you cannot overlook. If you are, let's just stick with fat loss because that's what we specialize in. Let's just say that we you're trying to lose a good amount of weight. Obviously, you're going to do more workouts and more activity to burn an excess amount of calories. So you're in a deficit and you're probably pulling a, quite a bit of food down at the same time if you're super highly motivated, right? And then the one thing you don't ever check in on how is how is your sleep? How's your rest? How's your recovery? How's your body feeling? Because obviously when you first start anything new, you're going to be sore. There's a dis- different stimulus. You're going to have a two week threshold where your body just feels like dog shit. But then people think, oh, if I'm not in pain, I'm not doing it right. And they continue on that cycle and keep pushing and pulling food down until it's just like plateau. And then what now? So rest is when your body progresses, right? When you go train, when you do certain things physically, you're putting a stimulus on your body, on your skeletal muscular system, on your, all your systems. But when you rest, that's when the actual change occurs, right? So if we just cut that out or don't we, we don't put an emphasis on it, if our sleep is just shit, if you're not sleeping enough and you're pushing by too much, it's actually going to have a lot pull and if you're going to be su- successful or not when we're talking about fat loss and muscle gaining and more specifically Jesus. Yeah, I think and especially the sleep part of it, you know, we have growth hormone release during that and a lot of other physiological central nervous system recovery processes. But if you think about it in terms of like taking some time off of weight training or off of activity, like yeah. I'll relate one of my clients that signed up a couple months ago, she's already lost like 75 pounds on her own. She decided to sign up. She was feeling a little stuck and she was going on vacation a couple weeks ago. And I was like, all right, we'll just take the week off. Like 
we've already been going for about six weeks now. It's time for like a, a rest week. And she's like, really? I said, yeah. Like when's the last time you took a rest week? She said like she started her weight loss journey like 16 months ago and has worked out five or six days a week every single week for the last 16 months. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we're taking the full week off then. No deload workouts. Like you're getting a rest week. And she was like, really? I was like, yes. And she came back and was amazed at how good she felt. I think she actually like lost a pound over break and like all this stuff. And I was like, people are just conditioned, like you said, to believe like more, 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 more is always better. You know, I was like, you trained six days a week for 16 months without a break. And so it's just another one of those things, like even somebody that's lost, you know, 70 pounds by themselves, that conditioning is still there. And it's really hard to get out of that without somebody there to kind of give you that push of like, Hey, we're going to take a break because you deserve it. And it's going to do you some good. Yeah. And I don't want to be known as the coaches that say, Hey, you don't need to go super hard. We're, that's not what we're saying. There's a difference between executing with intensity to get the desired result and then just doing a bunch of overkill to feel like you're more accomplished when really it's not going to help. So yeah, I just want to put that out there. I completely agree. What's your next one? Definitely not focusing enough on nutritional awareness. Holy shit. Yep. I, cause again, so when I started my like serious fitness journey, I was just getting into college and I was like going to the gym seven days a week, sometimes twice a day, because I was like, I need to work off this hangover. I need to, I'm going out later. Like I need to look juicy for the bar scene or whatever. <laughs> and I was placing so much emphasis on working out, yeah. but you know, my nutrition was not great. I was drinking too much. You know, I definitely wasn't sleeping enough or focusing enough on, you know, what we just talked about in terms of recovery and rest. And I think that's one of the big reasons, like I didn't have that big, like growth spurt that a lot yeah. of people see when they first start. Like I've always been athletic and active, but like, I didn't get those newbie gains. I was hoping to, those came like two years into my training when, you know, my bench jumped from like 185 for reps to 225 for bench. And I was like, what did I change? And I realized I started focusing a lot more on what I was putting in my body and a lot more around what I was doing outside the gym. And those were the two factors that made the most difference for me as somebody that probably went from more of like an intermediate to advanced lifter, you know, as I got more into it with classes and experimenting with myself. And so I would definitely say like focusing too much on the hour that I spent in the gym and not enough on the other 23 of the day. Yeah. hundred percent agree. And the comparison I always make, and I'll make it short is like about a car, right? Like you just think about the exterior of the car, you can put new paneling on new wheels, rims, whatever you paint job. It's going to look cool. But if you're not putting the appropriate fuel in it, if you're not changing the oil, if you're not doing those internal things, it's not going to fucking run. So it's not going to be its best, right? So yeah, I completely agree. You got to focus on that. And typically most people's bad habits are with nutrition, right? It's more so nutritional understanding and not so much activity. Anyone can jump on YouTube or Google now and find a program that's halfway decent. If they do it for a period of time, then get results. But it's the habitual things and education with nutrition, which I feel like needs to be more of an emphasis needs to be placed on anyways. So I completely agree. Cool. Next one I have is not focusing on the mental side of the things, right? So it's always takes a different amount of time for people, obviously, to make this connection. But it's something I tell every single client when they first come in, like within the first conversation we have, I'm like, you're going to be focusing on this. The longer it takes you to make this connection that these two are directly correlated, the longer you're going to be pushing off your, your true potential, right? And I had a client that we've been working eight months now, and she literally just now made it because we did that challenge two weeks ago for like a, a morning routine. And she was, she actually won it. And she like that whole next week when her check-in, she was just talking about how good she felt and how she's like started meditating more and more and all this other stuff. And it's just like, people like to separate like meditation, stress mitigation, the mental side of things and your physical body. as like, that's one unit, right? So even if you're doing everything over here, you're eating right, you're working out, but you're, we have a lot of perceived stress. Maybe it's from work or your personal life or whatever. It's going to affect 
all these other things, right? It's going to affect the way you feel. There's a lot of times I talk to people and they're not physically tired, they're mentally drained. And it's just like, you feel your body, you let it rest, all these things. But if you don't do that same kind of thing with your the mental aspect of this, there's always going to be this disconnect. So I feel like there really needs to be that huge gap needs to be bridged into making correlation between these two. And I think another reason people are kind of hesitant is because they feel like it's kind of like woo-woo or like hippie or whatever, like meditation's weird because when you do it, you think about some guy in oversized pants sitting like this, like humming and shit. And it's just not like that. Right. I promise you, if you've never meditated and you try it, you're not going to be like that at mm-hmm. first. I've been doing it for like almost a year now and I'm still terrible at meditating. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you just like go into this Zen mode. Like it's something that you work on that kind of like echoes into other areas of your life where you're like, if I actually sit down and focus on how I'm feeling for 10 minutes, you're not going to come to some insanely profound eureka moment about your life, but you're going to become a lot more aware of what you want. And like the things that you think about in order to either get there or to hold yourself back from it. And a lot of the subconscious things that occur throughout your day, at least I find like I uncover when I close my eyes and turn on some soothing music and set an alarm for 10 or 15 minutes. And I think about it and I'm like, dude, you're so dumb. Like you've been sabotaging yourself in like this way for, you know, the last two months. Like those are the times where people think like it's frou-frou or whatever, but that's because they're afraid of what they're going to realize if they actually try it. Yeah. And my thing is just, I I challenge people that's not, I challenge people on this, like every single day of my life, just check how many times you get on your phone or you're turning on a screen throughout the day. I guarantee you half the people when they first wake up, and I used to be guilty of this too. You first wake up, you turn your alarm off. And then what do you do? You roll over with your fucking phone. You get on social media, you check your text messages, you jump in your emails, like right away, what you're doing is causing stress in your body. You're causing like, like a very toxic, like responsive state right when you wake up or when you first wake up for the first, maybe 10, 15, 30 minutes, ideally, you should just be like no electronics, just waking up, kind of being alone by yourself, getting your thoughts gathered, doing whatever you like to do to like ground yourself and then go about the day with a lot more clear perspective. Whereas the alternative just, in my opinion, makes you feel like you're going out into the world to inflict them yourself upon everybody. Whereas you can go out there and actually make good decisions and improve things. Yeah, I totally did that this morning and suppose, but it happens. And... <laughs> I saw you smiling, so I figured it was probably yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. My next and last one is overplaying the importance of supplements way too much. Um, what did for? Oh, you're right. I said again. So I'll just actually, I'll go off both of these. They're okay. going to combine. Focusing too much on isolations and overplaying the importance of supplements. Okay. Because at the end of the day, let's be honest, whole foods should be the base of your nutritional protocols. Compound movements and progressive overload should be the basis of your strength training program. And I thought way too much about, you know, what the best lat pull down variation was, what the best, you know, pre-workout on the market was to help me get the sickest pump or whatever. But in reality, like my eating wasn't where it should have been. My training protocols, as we already talked about when I first started out, like weren't where they should have been. And so I was focusing on these things that are supposed to fill in the cracks and I was trying to fill the entire bucket with them. And I think that left me definitely leaving some results on the table because like I was doing like way more leg extensions than I was squats and my body is fully capable of squatting with like no serious pain. Like I don't have any injuries or anything. And so I think I just focused too much on like the small stuff and trying to make it the big stuff when the big stuff easily just is the big stuff. Why do you think that was? Do you think it was like a fear of like those big compound lifts or like, I don't know. I think it 
was just the fact that they were easier. Yeah. I wasn't really in that mental set of like, this has to be a grind. Like, I mean, I was 20, 21, like my body is primed to go to work. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be like too sore tomorrow or like, yeah, you know, I have an IM game tomorrow for basketball. I don't want to be too tired for that or something. So I would like take it easy, which we can kind of bring all this together. Like I already talked about my recovery wasn't great. My training protocols weren't great. My nutrition wasn't great. I was focused too much on supplements. And like, if I just focused on recovery and eating right, I probably could have, you know, maxed my squat and been totally fine for that IM game the next day. And so I think I just overcomplicated everything, which I think now is why I have such a basic foundational kind of principle that I like build upon, not only for myself, but clients, because I understand when you focus on all these, you know, things that are kind of up in the air, you forget that like what grounds you as a person and as a human being, when it comes to being healthy and being fit are the basics are the things that are the ones that come easily, like eating real food and drinking water. Instead, I was like trying to drink two protein shakes a day and take weird vitamins. And like that didn't have an effect on me the same way that just dialing in the basics would have. Yeah, I agree. The reason I ask is because I felt like I did kind of what you were saying. I would do all these weird exercises instead of sticking to the basics because I was looking up to bodybuilders that were obviously way further along and they had extra help with PDs and stuff. And they were doing all like these drop sets on leg extensions and hamstring curls and shit. I'm like, looking back, I'm like, why the fuck did I not just squat and then do some accessory work and then get out? You know what I mean? So yeah. And I I think my biggest one was Athlean X. I like him because he uses science, but he just has to be different. And I would like see his bicep and I'd be like, oh, that has to work. I'm like, dude, just do a fucking preacher curl. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Same. And then supplements, I completely agree. And I think we just either had a conversation about this not too long ago, or we made a teaching over. I can't remember. But like you said, they should supplement a diet. They should fill in the gap of things you're not able to get in through your diet. They should not take the place of anything, in my opinion. Like a big one is protein powders because people have a hard time eating adequate amounts of protein. Completely understand that. Or like a greens powder because people don't have fresh fruits and vegetables based on where they live year round. So I completely get that too, why they don't want to do those things. But yeah, relying too much on those things can obviously cause a lot of turmoil mentally because your progress is going to be super slow or non-existent whatsoever. My last point is about nutrition as well. It's talking about focusing on restricting certain foods instead of educating yourself upon them, right? So when we say that, the first place my mind goes is like restrictive keto or restrictive low carb or carnivore diets, more extreme ones that just focus on removing whole food groups instead of like breaking down like, hey, when you eat a carb, this is typically what happens. This is what happens down the line and this is how it helps your body. And same with proteins and fats. It's just like, don't educate, pull out and then figure it out later if it's working or not. Whereas if you educate yourself on a little bit, you can make some better judgment calls on what you're doing with your nutrition and your health long-term. Because keto works for some, not forever, but works for some people for a while, but not a lot of people. A lot of people, their physiology doesn't, will not adapt to low carb or the absolute of carbs. Like if you're hypoglycemic, probably not a good fucking idea, but it's just like the education's not there. And I feel like that's why so many people fall victim to jumping from shiny object to shiny object, to shiny object, because they just are never educated appropriately on like what happens, like what certain foods do within the body. Yeah. And I totally agree. And I think that another thing you can kind of play off that with is people aren't educated on what these diets actually even do. Nope. So let's take keto, for example, keto takes an entire macronutrient group away, therefore putting you in a caloric deficit because you're eating less. Yep. You know, all these Weight Watchers, all this stuff, you know, you're counting what you're eating. Therefore, yeah. you're putting yourself in a caloric deficit. Intermittent fasting, you're eating for a less amount of time every day. Therefore, you're eating less, putting you in a caloric deficit. And I think people have this notion that like one specific food group is what causes weight gain or one specific macronutrient is what causes you to, to blow up or to lose weight. And it's in reality, not how it works. And people don't understand because they're not taught to because the industry wants you to just listen to whatever they say. You know, people think intermittent fasting. I used to think this when I used to intermittent 
intermittent fast sometimes. Like, do you think that like your body when it's in that fasted state is like magically burning through fat? Yeah. And I'm like, now I look back and I'm like, dude, you were eating for eight hours a day instead of 14. Like clearly you're going to eat less food. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that understanding, you know, the basis of these things, if you're going to do them is super important as well, because you know, at the end of the day, it's not like carbs just magically make you explode. Yeah. They make you hold more water, but it's not even noon here. And I've already had like 150 grams of carbs today. Yeah. I think I've had a hundred around there. Like I'm not fat. Yeah. I think another thing is just like, and I don't want to spin off this too much. So I want to get off here so we can get some work done. But another thing is like, when you're thinking about coaching or programs, think about like receiving a product versus getting an actual service. And in my opinion, most things that offer you products, especially right out the gate are probably not going to teach you anything long-term. Whereas a service is saying, Hey, where are you at? What do you have access to? Let's make this work. That's education. Giving you a product is not education. It's not going to teach you any quality habits that you can continue on past your time working with that said product. Right. So yeah, hundred percent. I always tell my clients, my job is to meet you where you are and get you where you want to be. Yeah. Not to uh, sell you prepackaged food and uh, tell you to count points like you're playing basketball. Ah, oh, gets me fired up. Not taking shots today. We're gonna have a good day, but anything else you want to close out with? No, that's it. I think that, you know, take these points as you will, guys. These are coming from people with experience that have done these things. We're not just talking about shit we see. Like everything I mentioned is something I used to do that I no longer do because it didn't work as well. Got me places, but it didn't get me where I wanted to be. And making those changes is why I am where I am now. And you know, take that with a grain of salt, but I would say implement, you know, take notes, see how you feel and go from there. Exactly. Use these tools as you will and always learn. So, because what we're saying works, but it may not be the exact thing that works for you. So just implement, try it out and then move on to the next thing. So Nick, thanks for jumping on, bringing up some good points. Appreciate you always being on here. Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you on the next one. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. We genuinely hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it'd mean the world to us if you subscribed and shared with a friend. Catch you on the next episode of the Tigers Only Podcast. Oh.